Good morning, it's Thursday, October 26th, and this is the Daily Chirp Podcast, where we bring you a closer look at one of our top stories along with other important things going on in our community. Today, we're spotlighting a legal dispute in the Douglas area surrounding the U.S.-Mexico border wall, specifically in Guadalupe Canyon. Now, some Arizona history. Did you know that Gleason is a ghost town in Cochise County? Originally settled as turquoise in the 1870s, it was reestablished as Gleason in 1900 after John Gleason opened the Copper Bell Mine. The town was once a thriving copper mining community, supporting about 500 residents. It suffered a major fire in 1912, but was rebuilt. Copper mining peaked during World War I, but declined by the 1930s, leading to the town's decline. Today, remnants like the ruins of a hospital, saloon, and cemetery hint at its past. Today, Gleason sits on the Ghost Town Trail and has a renovated jail-turned-museum. Today's history is brought to you by Benson Hospital. They're doing more than treating illnesses in Benson, they're building a healthier community. Benson Hospital is now collaborating with the Diaper Bank of Southern Arizona to provide diaper assistance to families in need. For more information, visit their website at bensonhospital.org. Now our feature story. Diamond A Ranch Western Division, LLC, and Guadalupe Ranch Corporation filed a lawsuit three years ago. Both ranches argue that the construction of a 4.7-mile segment of the border wall in 2020 directly impacted their operations. This project took place in the Peloncillo Mountains, about 30 miles from Douglas. The foundation for this segment lies in an executive order by former President Donald Trump in 2017. However, it was halted by President Joe Biden in 2021. By then, the ranches had already initiated legal action against several officials, including Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. A recent joint status report suggests ongoing efforts to settle the matter. Key issues include a well-sharing agreement, managing potential flooding in Guadalupe Canyon, border security, and addressing property damages. The process isn't straightforward. The report indicates challenges in aligning all governmental entities. Settlement drafts have been circulated, but final agreements are yet to be reached. The wall's construction, estimated at $41 million per mile, disrupted the vital ecosystem of Guadalupe Canyon. Despite the hefty price tag, only a fraction of the wall was built. The aftermath? Bulldozed deserts, defaced mountains, blocked wildlife paths, and increased flooding concerns. The lawsuit by the ranches revolves around private property rights and constitutional protections. Among the grievances are unauthorized entries, explosives causing debris on their properties, and lack of proper post-construction cleanup. As it stands, the case is on hold. Joint status reports have been periodically filed, with the next one due on December 11th. For the latest on this story, visit us at myheraldreview.com. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Hi, this is Kylie Young with Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista. At Prestige, we know that wellness is top of mind for many older adults and their loved ones. It's why we offer a free online guide to healthy aging. In the guide, we examine practical advice and lifestyle tips for physical, cognitive, and mental health, as well as common concerns older adults face with their wellness as they age. Courtesy of Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista, download the free guide today at prestigehealthyaging.com. That's PrestigeHealthyAging.com. Next, we're excited to share our weekly segment, Best of Preps, brought to you by our friends at Lolly Automotive. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Lawley from the Lawley Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small-town dealer-friendly. Come into any one of the Lawley dealerships today or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lawley deal. Nobody. Now, best of preps. From undesirable to undeniable, the D-backs are going to the World Series. Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite segment inside the Daily Chirp podcast. It is time once again for Game of the Week, where I get to sit down with my friend, the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, Bruce Wetton, and talk about all things Cochise County sports, but had to throw in that D-backs reference first. How about them D-backs, Jeff? Man, what a, what a pleasant surprise for the state of Arizona. Doing something that no one thought they could do by going into Philly. You shouldn't even be in the playoffs, but thanks to the Reds beating the Cardinals or vice versa, whatever it was, that got them in the back door. And then, like you said, both them and the Rangers were the two worst teams in Major League Baseball two years ago. But to go to L.A., beat L.A., and then go to Philly and win back-to-back games at Philly, I mean, I take my hat off to the Diamondbacks, man, because, I mean, wow, what an adventure for this team. And it's going to be an interesting World Series. And I'm kind of torn right now because the manager of the Rangers is the former manager to my – I call him my because it was my favorite team, the San Francisco Giants, who took us three years in a row – or three odd years, correction, yeah. to the World Series. So you got Bruce Bochy against the D-backs. So, but I suspect this series is going to go seven, Jeff. Then that means the D-backs would be in it for that much. And, again, a team that was unexpectedly in the playoffs, didn't even belong in the playoffs from the eyes of most sports talkers out there. Hey, they could do it. And it all begins Friday night. And what's so unfortunate is Friday night is what? Friday night football. Yeah, I know. So, well, let's go ahead and well, talk about all the coaches' well, stuff. My we, gosh, where do we even begin? We have this? another 1,000-yard performer. Oh, no way. And you actually saw him play last Friday night. That would be Nash Moore. Yes, sir. No way. Give Jeff the cigar. <laughs> he surpassed 1,000 passing yards with 214 yards in the game last week in the upset loss to Sienega. Nash Moore has 1,150 yards on the season, making him Cochise County's fourth quarterback to do so wow. this season. Wow. Congratulations. Sebastian Lopez is our lone rusher, so now we have 5,000-yard rushers. We had nine last year. I don't think we're going to get the nine this year because 2A wraps up this week, and then 4A and 5A still have two more weeks to go. But I do think we're going to have another 1,000-yard rusher show up this weekend. And uh, we'll be talking about him here later in the show. But speaking of Buena, man, what a, what a hard, tough, tough loss with the Colts the other night. To go into Sienega and lose 17-6, to Jeff, it was – I mean, when you texted me and said they're up 6-0, I'm thinking, okay, good. On the very first play of the <laughs> yeah. game, it was a quick slant from Nash Moore to Jaden Thomas, who was on just a quick slant in the outside receiver position, beat his man. His man slipped, and Jaden caught it in stride and was off to the races. They scored six points in the first 13 seconds of this game, and you're thinking, this is going to be a good one. And that was all they got the entire night was just from that very first play. And it's so unfortunate because that loss sent them to 1-2 and two in the region, 6-2 and two overall. And now Buena has this work cut out for us because they're going to be at Sunnyside this week, who's the number 20 team in the state. Buena fell in Tuesday's rankings. They dropped seven spots from 7 to 14. So I would say if they lose to Sunnyside, they're probably going to drop out of the top 16. And they still got to play a team out of the Casa Grande area yeah. next Friday night for the season finale, home finale at home. 
that's going to be a tough one too. So I'm sure Joe is putting his hat together and his coaches together trying to figure out a game plan to stop the Sunnyside Blue Devils. But that's always an entertaining football game, and I think we'll see what happens this come Friday night. But anyway, um, as we had mentioned before, more stats for the game. He was 13 to 35 in passing, 214 yards and a touchdown. Andres Bonilla had 13 carries for 90 yards. Wide receiver Jaden Thomas, three for 96 yards. Simon Peter Johnson, five receptions for 80 yards. Cornerback Elias Dyson had 10 tackles and two interceptions. Yeah, his interceptions were great. They were at, at perfect times. Again, the Buena defense did their job for, I'd say, almost all night long. It was just the offense that couldn't get going. You know, you got to provide a spark, and obviously he tried to provide the spark, and the office just couldn't capitalize on the spark. So yeah. uh, Charlie Price, eight tackles, one for loss. Trenton Williams, eight tackles, one for loss. Dallin Coronado, seven tackles, three for loss, two sacks, and a fumble caused. Again, Buena has to work cut out for him in these next two weeks because postseason is three weeks away for the Colts if they hope to make it. They started off so well, and I just hope they can turn this thing around and maybe go 9-2 and two or 8-2, and two, correction. We'll see what happens here. But anyway, the other big game, we had two other big games that night. Uh, one big game happened to be in Wilcox where the Wilcox Cowboys, who were once 0-3, are now the San Pedro region leaders knocking off Benson or shutting out Benson 35 to nothing. Benson falls to 4 and 5 in co- overall 2 and 3 in conference and most importantly the Cowboys retain custody of the Sene Lowman trophy for the second straight year. And um, Wilcox because they beat Tankaverde but lost to Bisbee, they still got the tiebreaker edge because Tankaverde beat Bisbee. But I'm laughing because I just talked to uh, the Wilcox coach on the phone Tuesday. And Greg Halmerson told me that um, he said he feels confident his team's going to get in the playoffs. They play Catalina this Friday night. And he said, we're going we're gonna to spoil somebody's first-round game. And I really think he's right because Eric – correction, Eric Halmerson's the coach's name. Eric has got these kids believing in themselves, and he's doing it with patched-up players. I mean, they're banged up to the hilt. But he said, how do you tell a team that's 0-3 that you're a good team? And he said they got to start believing in themselves, and it was just a step-by-step process. And now these guys are rolling. And, again, just like with the Diamondbacks, he who gets hot, the Cowboys are hot right now. So watch out. But, anyway, stats from the game. Uh, Remington Todd, nine carries, 96 yards, a TD. Cash McCumber, 10 carries, 67 yards, a TD. Running back uh, Ismael Cuevas, 15 carries, 58 yards, TD. He also had 11 tackles. Uh, linebacker Alsup had 14 tackles, three for loss, two sacks, and Ed Tingle, 10 tackles. On the opposite side of the coin, Benson stats, Dalton Crockett continues to have a good season. He's currently Cochise County's number two overall passer. He was 11-19 in passing for 121 yards, 11 rushes for 71 yards, 12 tackles, and two blocked field goals and three punts. Go for a 45.7-yard average. So Dalton was... You know, he blocked field goals, he punted, he tackled, he threw, he carried. I mean, <laughs> he did it all that night. Just wasn't enough to spark the Bobcats. Uh, Flint Davis, six six receptions, 67 yards. And um, Braxton Clough, the you know, defensive back, had nine tackles. And Tristan Goodwin, 15 tackles for the Bobcats. The game I was at was the Bisbee-Wilcox game where I went in expecting a three-hour game, and I got it. 
But it wasn't a three-hour game because of all the passes Bruce thought he was going to see. It was all because of the 42 penalties called between the two teams. Jeff? That so, has to be a record, right? I, I mean, who keeps track of that? I had 45 penalties on my stats, but I talked to Dominic Bonilla, and he said, no, it was 21 and 21 is what it was. I think he said something like that. I have to go back and double-check my notes. But anyway, it was 42. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. The first half, again, took an over an hour and a half to play. I remember and, getting the text messages from oh you while we Lord. were. Oh, Lord. Bisbee jumped out to a 14-0 lead, and I'm thinking, uh-oh. But then Tombstone kept chipping around, and it was 14-8 at halftime. And then in the first series of the third quarter, Seabass, Sebastian Lopez gets intercepted by, gets intercepted by DJ Elias, ran it back, touchdown. Tombstone goes up 15-14, and you just saw everything just shifted as far as the momentum, as far as the belief, and Tombstone began clicking that night. And it was a wild finish. And then tempers were hot from the start. Uh, the fans were into the game and yelling at the officials and yelling at the players, and the players were yelling back at the fans, and busy plans, busy players were yelling at Tombstone players and vice versa. It was a rostrous atmosphere. And then, of course, things escalated in the third, fourth quarter when uh, Coach Sean Holly from Bisbee got booted. And he was telling some people after the game, he said, I didn't say anything. Well, he's right. He didn't say anything. His bench did. His bench got two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. And when that happens, the coach is gone. The coach is gone. Mm. So he didn't say anything, but his coaches would keep their mouth shut. And because they got two unsportsmanlikes, Holly was asked to leave the game in the fourth quarter. And then moments after that, um, there, was an, there was an incident in the end zone where I just remember seeing – a Bisbee player throw a punch at one tombstone player, and then he threw a punch at another tombstone player. Flags go up. He's tossed. And um, in talking with the Bisbee coaches, I guess he retaliated because his hand got stepped on when he was on the ground. And uh, so cooler heads did not prevail that night. And so Bisbee's going to be minus three key players going into this game. And what the third players do to an injury, we'll be talking about here in just a second. But it was a rough game to watch and just so unfortunate because it reminded me so much of the Bisbee-Douglas game, Jeff. Had similar officiating, literally. Literally, literally similar officials crew. on the field from that game. But at least in the pick game, the players were allowed to shake hands at the end of the game. Well, and that was, that was probably more out of the safety because I remember one of the Bisbee players, one of the Tombstone players, first half I was on the Bisbee sideline. Second half, I was on the Tombstone sideline, and one of the Tombstone players came over there. Coach, he said, so-and-so's coach on the other team said he's going to kick my when the game's over. And Dominic said, well, he said, that's not going to happen. Told him not to worry about it. And he wasn't, the kid was being a little cocky. He said, I'm not worried about it anyway. And um, But then about that time, I think the officials realized this game was getting out of control. There was a point in the first quarter where they actually stopped the game and brought both officials to midfield and talked to them. And I actually ran a picture of that in the Sunday edition of the Herald Review where they got a talking to about cutting down on the animosity and the tension and didn't work. So anyway, fourth quarter after Holly's ejected, Bob Coronado's the acting head coach. So they go talk to Bob, and then they come over and talk to Dominic, and then Dominic comes over and tells me, no handshake at the end of the game. Bob and I are going to meet midfield. We're going to talk briefly and then go our separate ways. And they went out, shook hands, chatted for probably 30 seconds, and then they went their separate ways. But even as the referees were leaving the field, there was some Bisbee, fish, Bisbee coaches, Bisbee players, Bisbee fans taunting the officials. And uh, it's just a very unfortunate night. 
But again, there was heckling from both sides. This had been one of those games where I know it's a fan enjoyment game, but I think the fans kind of helped and create the intensity of the game. It's just so unfortunate again to see a high school game end this way, but it was intense, even on my perspective, because I get home that night and I'm getting texts. So what are you going to write? I just got home. Let me, you know, let me sit down and process everything. And, you know, I don't know what I'm going to write. And then Saturday morning, I got a text from another coach asking me how the game went. And I was texting him back and he said, I hear things got pretty heated or whether I said, oh, they got very heated. And um, he said, well, that's unfortunate for high school football. And that's exactly the case. It's unfortunate for high school football. Very exciting game. The final score ended up being Tombstone did go into Bisbee and knocked off Bisbee 36-20. to Bisbee had a 14-0 lead, like I said, 14-8 at the half. And then they just fell apart. Stats from the night, DJ Elias, quarterback for the Tombstone Yellow Jackets, 9-15 in passing, 122 yards a TD, 11 rushes for 50 yards, one tackle. He also had an interception return for a touchdown. Sebastian Jones, 23 carries, 159 yards, two TDs. Running back Gabe Garcia, 12 carries, 72 yards. Wide receiver Malachi Keller, five receptions, 60 yards. Malachi had two touchdown receptions, went right through his hands. I think the pressure of the night got to him, but I talked to Dominic, and he said he will not make those drops again. He can re-rest assured. And uh, he also had an interception late in the game. Logan Stevens, three receptions, 51 yards, a uh, touchdown. Jacob Weichelt, this, was, this young man is starting to really impress me. He gave me a really awesome shot when the game's over uh, of him flexing and showing off uh, his excitement. Eight tackles, one for loss, and a sack. Uh, Bisbee's side of the coin, Sebastian Lopez had a really good, relatively good game despite the interceptions. Uh, he was 12-22 in, in passing, 184 yards, two TDs, two interceptions. Uh, he also had four carries for 50 yards. Bryston Meyer, five rushes for 100 yards exactly, a TD. Hunter Wright, two catches, 66 yards. Miles Schuler, two catches, 55 yards. And that was it for those stats. So, like I said, it was unfortunate, but it was a game I thought it would be just with fewer passes. I thought we'd see more passing from the two. And the quarterback showdown, it was nice seeing those two play against each other but not in that kind of atmosphere. I really couldn't enjoy the game because I was always concerned as to what, what am I going to see next or what's going to happen next and you know how soon before this thing really gets ugly and it came really close. But the highlight of the night came in Salmon Well. The Tigers, with their fourth quarterback, the St. David Tigers, go into Salmon Well, the region champs who had just beaten them the week before, 16-14 in overtime, and they beat the Miners. They beat them 44-38. And this time it wasn't a close. I mean, it was a close game, but not as close as the 16-14. But Roman Tilton, Roman Tilton, the fourth quarterback for the Tigers, Jeff, 11-22, 244 yards in passing and five touchdowns. And that's with two weeks of, you know, just playing QB. Yeah. So that tells you, athlete, just, I mean, he's gone from running back to receiver and now to quarterback. We're 241 and five. He's actually in the quarterback stats that are going to be coming out on Friday in the Herald Review with those numbers. And it was like he's already surpassed some of the quarterbacks we have in there. So hats off to Ramon Tilton and the St. David Tigers. Unfortunately, they have a daunting task this week that we're going to talk about here. Uh, Chase Pacheco, 20 carries, 74 yards. He also had 16 tackles and a tackle for loss and a cause fumble. 
Keston Richardson came back after being caught with the flu, but he only played wide receiver that night. Uh, five receptions, 131 yards, two TDs. He, however, he had 19 tackles for this 6'3 freshman and two for loss. Running back Gannon Kadafa, five carries, 95 yards, two TDs, 19 tackles, and he had a 72-yard kickoff return for a TD. Chase Pacheco, 22 tackles. Cedar Haney, 13 tackles, one fumble recovery, one block punt, and also a 77-yard kickoff return. So it sounds like for a TD. So it sounds like special teams played a big factor in this by running two scores back. This game I had as a toss-up, and it came out to be where the nine beat the eight by only six points. But, hey, it got to St. David's at the second round. And to close out the high school football from Friday night, Valley Union took the long drive north to Colorado City to play El Capitan. It was 24-0 six minutes into the game. And Alfreda went on to lose 60-16. to So their season in the end of the year is 6-4. and four. No stats as of yet for Valley Union have been posted. So uh, hats off to the Blue Devils. I mean, to go from not making the playoffs to making the playoffs and to go to have a winning record of 6-4, and four, hats off to them. Well, we had some volleyball we're going to switch gears to here, Jeff. Um, on Monday, the Benson Bobcats hosted, or they were in Tucson where they beat the St. Gregory School 3-1. to one. And Crimson High School out of Queen Creek came to Wilcox and beat the Cowboys 3-1. to one. So on Tuesday, Wilcox and Benson had a big showdown, 2A San Pedro Volleyball showdown. Last week, Benson lost to St. David. They go to Wilcox and they lose to Wilcox. So the rematch was Tuesday night in Benson. So we were there. Benson, I guess, really had some animosity because they, they took a 3-0 win over Wilcox. Wow. So ben, Wilcox, Wilcox is back in second place. Benson's back in first place in volleyball in the 2A San Pedro. And um, everything ends this week. Saturday morning, we're going to know the state pairings for volleyball, the state pairings for 2A football. So some of these teams will finish Wednesday night. Some will finish Thursday night. And then that's it until Saturday for the postseason playoffs to be announced. Uh, Buena hosted Cienega on Tuesday night. They fell 3-1. to one. Cienega has now swept Buena on the season. That loss pretty much ends Buena's volleyball season. Buena has a home game against Empire on Thursday. And because of their, where they are in the rankings, I don't see if they even if they win, I don't see them jumping up to high enough to get in. I could be wrong, but that's why you play the match. Uh, Douglas hosted Rio Rico on Tuesday, and Douglas prevailed 3-2. to two. Bisbee traveled to Marinci and fell 3-0. to zero. Bisbee's volleyball season is over. They finished a year 2-14 and 14 overall, 2-10 and 10 in region play. So they are done and out of the postseason and now turning their focus to girls basketball. Wednesday, we only have one volleyball match. Tombstone heads to Marinci for a rematch. Yellow Jackets. They're pretty much playing for pride right now, but we'll see what happens Wednesday night. So on Thursday, as we mentioned before, Empire's going to be at Douglas or at Buena. Last match of the regular season for both teams. Hoping for some kind of a Buena win and teams above them to lose, and maybe it'll be enough for the Colts to sneak into that 24 spot. Uh, Douglas heads to Tucson, Micah Mountain, the region leaders who are currently 9-0. Douglas needs to win for the playoffs. And uh, even with last with Tuesday night's win over Rio Rico, I just don't see it being enough, and so this win over Micah could be enough to get them into the top 24, but again, we'll find out. Benson will be at Tombstone for the season finale. Santa Rita will be at Wilcox for the regular season finale. 
And then while this is going on, St. David Volleyball will be playing in the sectional volleyball tournament in Tucson Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And state volleyball play begins on Halloween Day. And as we just stated previously, the pairings will be announced Saturday morning between 8 and 10 on AIA365.com. So we invite you to stay tuned to the Herald Review, and we will post those pairings once we get them. The day we're taping the show today, Wednesday, we have a big sectional cross-country meet in Rio Rico. Buena, Douglas, Bisbee, Benson, Tombstone, Wilcox, and St. David will all be competing in three separate races. We will know late this evening, late Wednesday, early Thursday, which runners will be going to state. State will take place Saturday, November 4th in Queen Creek. So, um, again, busy, busy time of year with high school sports. Have you kept track of the Coronado Athletic Soccer Club? No, not since the signing of Christian Gallagher to the New York Red Bulls U-17 club. First of all, FC Arizona, who beat Coronado here, Coronado got him up there. No way. Yes, they did. Two to one. They, they, they got him last Friday up there without Gallagher. Without Christian. Yeah. <laughs> they, they got him two to one. Whoa. So maybe when they go on the road, they relax better. Maybe. Because they actually won two games this past weekend. They beat FC Arizona two to one. Who they lost to five to three October fifteenth here in Sierra Vista, and then on Saturday CAC shut out the Phoenix Rising five to zero. So they are currently three and four on the season. But I had to go back and check, but I saw FC. I said, you know, it was, yeah, it's the same same logo, same yeah. team, and so they actually got them two to one up there. Wow! So without Christian, um, I laughed because Thursday night, Friday night, when I was in. Uh, Bisbee, I'm on the Tombstone sideline, and this lady comes up and starts talking to me, and I'm thinking, I know you. And I'm thinking, you idiot, that's Jennifer Maxwell. Oh. She's a cheer coach at Tombstone High School. That's right. that's right. So she was the one that was helping me out with pictures of the CAC soccer match when Gallagher signed. And so I was laughing because we were talking about Christian and saying, I hope he's ready for the winter, winter over there in New Jersey because, man, <laughs> it's going to be... But hats off to the CAC Soccer Club winning two matches in a row like that over FC Arizona. Hats off to them and Steve Settle, and way to go. So anyway, okay, the 5A state football rankings were announced on Tuesday. In the 5A, number one remains Desert Mountain, number two, Desert Edge, number three, Horizon. And as we stated previously, Buena fell from 7th to 14th. Just the top 16 get in the state. Cienega, who was 27th, jumped up to 22nd. Sunnyside's at 20th this week. So you got 14 versus 20. So we'll see what happens with there. Uh, in the 4A, Yuma Catholic, number one. CDO, number two. Northwest Christian, number three. Douglas is 32nd right now this week. Not looking good for the top 16. They got to do some serious jumping. But these teams they are playing are kind of weak teams. So I don't see them getting enough power points to get them into the season. So... Douglas will play this Friday on the road and then close out the regular season more than likely next Friday at home on senior night for the Bulldogs. Two-way football. Uh, Arizona Lutheran, number one. Pima, number two. Scottsdale Christian, number three. Campo Verde, number six. Why am I mentioning Campo Verde? I'll revert back to that in a second. Tombstone stayed at 12th, and which surprised me, but then I talked to Dominic, and it didn't surprise him because all 11 teams above him won Friday night. Bisbee dropped from 15th to 17th out of the top 16. Wilcox made the most significant jump, climbing from 22nd to 14th. Wow. And Benson remained at 24th. So Wilcox is currently a 14th seed. So Tombstone is going to the state playoffs this year. We have confirmed that. 
but more than likely they and Wilcox will be on the road. So one of the few times I can remember that, you know, we're not going to have any home football playoff games other than Breen, possibly. So uh, we'll see what happens here. In volleyball, 5A, Millennium's number one, Castile number two, Notre Dame prep number three, Buena's number 27, top 24 get in. So Buena's going to need some serious help to, to win Thursday night and then get some help above them from the teams to lose to get that 24th and final spot in the state play-in tournament. Uh, Phoenix Country Days, number one in 2A, Trivium Prep, number two, St. John's, number three, Benson, 13, Wilcox, 16, Tombstone, 27, not looking good for them. This be 39th, and we, as we mentioned before, they are done. And the 1A State Volleyball Sister Oil Prep, number one, St. David, number two, and El Capitan, number three. All these three teams have secured berths at the state tournament. We're just waiting to find out who again and what will be playing. So stay tuned to the Sunday edition. We've got a very exciting game Thursday night, Jeff. The undefeated streak, will it continue as Berean rolls into the playoffs? And who do they host? Another undefeated team. 7-0 versus 5-0, 1 versus 2 in the state. Skyline Prep out of Phoenix. Skyline Prep Academy, correction, out of Phoenix. Breen 7-0, Skyline Prep 5-0. Skyline Prep's the defending state champions. Skyline Prep did a number on Breen last year. Breen remembers that. So I'm curious to see what kind of, but as Jalen Hampton told me just recently, last year's last year, these are two different teams. He said, we are, we're not dwelling on it. He said, we're just going out and focusing on playing our game and celebrating seniors, and so we'll see what happens. But 7 p.m., Hampton Field and Sierra Vista. Folks, if you can get there, I encourage you to do so. No admission charge. So go out and support Berean Academy. They are a lot of fun to watch. And you'll be wearing your Berean T-shirt? Yes, sir. I've got it washed and ready to go. And so uh, we'll be there in person Thursday night to cheer on the Eagles and hopefully count them off and send them into the playoffs. And then next Friday, they could be hosting a playoff game or next Thursday, depending on how it goes. I hope it's on Thursday because I actually yeah. like the Thursday games because it makes it a little easier on us. But Friday football, Wayne is in Tucson at Sunnyside. Douglas will be heading to Tucson to face Rincon. Benson hosting is having its senior night hosting Tancoverde out of Tucson. That's going to be a tough game for the uh, Bobcats. Tombstone is having its senior night at home against Palo Verde. I see Tombstone winning that game quite easily. And Bisbee is hitting the Campo Verde, the number six team in the state, which is why I mentioned them previously. So you got number 17 going to number six. Campo Verde's first place in their region right now. And that's going to be a, a tough game for the, uh, the Pumas. And especially being short, the player that was ejected, Michael Coronado, the, one of the main receivers, defensive backs from the Pumas, he got injured in practice last Tuesday, did not play against Tombstone. Talked to Dad Wednesday morning. And Dad said he's done with football, out for basketball, and he might be back for track where he high jumps. So we'll see what happens here. So tough road for the Pumas. They win and they're in. They lose and they're pretty much done, which is so unfortunate because they started off so well. Then they've lost two in a row. and But now you're going into a, a tough road trip. Uh, and, again, in talking with Coach Coronado, the team is going to spend the night Friday night after the game in Campo Verde and come back Saturday. And, uh, you know, the coach said, all we can do is play the game, and we're going to put Sebastian out there and let him see what he can do with with uh, Miles, and we'll see what happens here. And then, of course, other players are going to have to step up. But it's going to be tough when you're short-staffed. Wilcox will be at Tucson Catalina. I see them with no trouble in that game. 
Catalina was 3-0. No, they lost five in a row. So that just tells you how deceptive that 3-0 record was. It's almost so, in the same way how deceptive the 0-3 record of the Cowboys was. Well, and exactly right. Wilcox played some very quality teams, as we're finding out. But I'm excited to announce that Wednesday, November 1st, we officially kick off the basketball season for the Coaches College Apaches. The women will have a scrimmage this Friday at home against AZ Post. It is a scrimmage that we know official clock kept, no official book. But Wednesday, November 1st, the men and women will play that day against Community Christian College out of California. Game times are 5.30 and 7.30. There's no admission charge to the home games. So uh, get out and support the Apaches. I met with the Coaches College women's basketball coach, Missy Opat, on Monday. And again, she's got the player of the year from last year back. We'll have a, we actually interviewed her Monday. We'll have it. I want to end today's show by talking about my athlete of the week. This kid was not the one I had slated for this week. I had him slated for next week or the week after. But the one I had slated for this week did not develop. So at the last minute, I'm scrambling. And fortunately, this coach stepped up, provided me this kid. And I'm, when she did give me his information, I was really surprised and impressed and pleased that we were able to honor him. Douglas High School swimmer Brian Toscano. He's only a sophomore, but he works out and he leads like he's a senior. He's qualified for state in five events. Three relays, the 200 individual medley, which is a freestyle, backstroke, breaststroke, and the butterfly, and the 50 free. He is less than a second away from breaking the school record in the 50 free, and his relay team of Christian Martinez, Jose Bacapata, and Gerardo Burgos is just under a second, or just over a second away from breaking the school record in the 200 freestyle relay. So this kid's only a sophomore, but man, his work ethic in the pool, and you talk to his coaches about him, and they just rant and rave about this kid. So we have a really nice story online at myheraldreview.com, and he made be one of the paper in the Herald Review on Wednesday. We gave him a full-page article with several pictures. Nice kid, polite kid, hardworking kid. But, you know, again, he's so young, but he has the mentality to lead and lead successfully. And so the Douglas High School swimming team, the Buena swimming team, is at the last chance state qualifier in Tucson that's being held Wednesday and Thursday this week. And so Toscano is hoping that at this meet, he can break these records. If not, then for sure state, he'll try to do it at state. But he's so close. They're so close as a relay team. You know, we'll be anxious to see because at state, you can only compete in four events. So we'll have to see which which event he's going to have to give up and qualify for state. But to be able to qualify in five different events, Jeff, as as a sophomore, that says a lot. So... I don't know about you and swimming, but if I swim, I sink. So <laughs> it was like, but he uh, he feels very comfortable in the pool. Oh, I did ask him, I said, what's your favorite class? He said, his favorite class is fire science at Douglas High School, taught by the former Douglas assistant fire chief, Joe Alvarez. So we gave Joe some love in the paper. What do you do in your spare time? He said, I just chill out at home. He said, I just enjoy being in the water. And he credits his coach and, who and, and his coaches and his family for their support. But we have a really nice story about the young man, and we wish him well, and we wish all these athletes well as they go out and compete because this is the last week of high school football for two-way regular season. Postseason begins next week. Buena and Douglas, uh, they still have two more weeks to go. State next week for volleyball. State next week for cross-country. State next week for two-way. And um, basketball officially kicks off the first Monday in November for tryouts. And then three weeks later, we're playing. So 
When the show comes out on Thursday, Jeff, 59 days to Christmas. At least it's cool. Can we just get through Halloween? What's wrong with you? How dare you? <laughs> hey, uh, 60 days from the day we're taping the show is Christmas Day. And I was thinking, driving up here today, can we push it back another 60 days? Yeah. Can we push it back another 90 days? Where but did it come from? I'm just enjoying having to wear a little long sleeve shirt today because there is kind of a nip in the air. And, man, it was just 100 degrees here. If you, and I hope I don't jinx us again. But, <laughs> man, it's sure nice having these cooler temperatures. And But we're going to be all over the place Friday night. And uh, invite our listeners and our readers to stay tuned to the, the weekend edition, Jeff, and we'll see you next week. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bruce. We're already looking forward to that, but we know you will have everything covered for us in the Herald Review Media in print online at myheraldreview.com and on the Herald Review Media social media channels. As always, we encourage you that if you're in the neighborhood to attend any one of the games that we talked about today, we hope you'll consider going because it means the world to these young student-athletes to have their community support. From the Cochise Broadcasting Studios of KKYZ 101.7 FM, the oldie station in Sierra Vista, Arizona, and on behalf of the Herald Review Media Sports Editor Bruce Wetton, my name is Jeff Davenport, and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. And now we'll send it back for the rest of today's Daily Chirp. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Ace Hardware. Hi, this is Les from Sierra Vista Ace. This is a great time to paint. Ace Stocks, Clark and Kensington, Valspar, Dunn Edwards, and our own Ace Royal Paint in interior and exterior finishes. We can computer match other brands and colors too. All the colors you can imagine, even one named Sierra Vista. Decide on the wall or room to paint, bring in a color idea, and let Ace mix your paint. Treat yourself to a new brush and roller too. Save gas, save time, shop Ace first. Sierra Vista Ace since 1981 on the corner of Fry and Highway 9. Next, an upcoming event that you should know about. This Saturday, head over to Tombstone for the 4th Annual Tombstone Native American Festival. There will be a parade at 10 a.m., world-class entertainment, dancers, performers, vendors, and lots of food. For more information, head over to discovertombstone.com. Finally, we'd like to remember the life of Colonel Dick Amant. Dick graduated from the University of California, Berkeley, where he excelled as a student-athlete. He played baseball for the Bears for four years and was captain and MVP his senior year. He held a master's degree from George Washington University and was commissioned a second lieutenant of infantry and later transferred to the Adjutant General Corps. His assignments took him all over the U.S. and the world, including Fort Benning, Berlin, the Pentagon, Camp Zama, and Fort Bragg, among others. He was a lifetime member of MOAA and a member of Coronado Chapter. He served as president of the Winter Haven HOA in 2009. Dick was an avid golfer and enjoyed his association with fellow golfers. He's survived by his wife and two daughters. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Dick's life and service. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. Subscribe today for unlimited access to all of our content for just $14 per month. This is less than the cost of one hour of one reporter's work on a single story. Also, want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com. 
It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially in Cochise County. Become part of the hyperlocal conversation on Cochise County's exclusive social media platform, Neighbor. That's N-A-B-U-R. Your neighbors are striking up meaningful conversations, sharing exquisite Cochise County photos, and respecting each other's views without any other social media noise. No unwanted advertising and only respectful conversations on hot community topics. That's right. Our journalism project manager can set the record straight and help answer any pressing questions about the happenings in our community. Join the conversation at myheraldreview.com slash N-A-B-U-R.